Oh, this episode of Cinema Swirl was brought to you with the support of our backers over at patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. $5 OTP backers get instant access to every single episode of Cinema Swirl, our exclusive monthly bonus show where Kevin and I review bad movies. If you enjoy me and Kevin talking about films and you want some more of it, this seems like a pretty good option. There's 27 up there at the moment and more coming every month. This month we reviewed Van Helsing, so if you want to hear our thoughts on that or indeed our thoughts on things like The Room, Super Mario Brothers, Batman and Robin, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl to find out a bit more. Alright, let's get swirling. Cinema Swirl! Don't listen to this podcast on a vibe. It's episode number 75! Joining to you from the virtual space of Hollywood, romping through all the not complete but overly priced games of Hollywood, the movies that is, of which Sam, my OTP, has seen none of them. Hello, I'm Kevin Mann, brackets cowboy. Sam, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you, Kevin. Welcome back to the Arnold Schwarzenegger podcast. Here we are oh, reviewing here some we movies. Are. Yeah. Arnie back in the house. It was a second chance, second Cine Sinner Saint Slate off, and who would have thought that Jack Slayer himself, Olaf Schwarzenegger, <laughs> would come out here and say, remember when you'd vote for me second? I lied. And here yeah. he is now. We're back with more Arnold Schwarzenegger. And officially, nothing really to talk about in terms of Arnie. We need to know anything about Sam's thoughts on Arnie. Earlier episodes. Yeah, he go. said he'd be back, Kevin. He said he'd be back, and he was back. Over and over. We put out this second chance vote, and I don't know why I expected the Cinema Swirl fan base with their own thoughts and opinions to vote for anything other than the film with Arnie in it, but they absolutely voted for the film with Arnie, which is fair enough. It was not tough nor tight at the top, as neither The Little Mermaid nor, and I swear this is true, Back to the Future 3 couldn't muster up enough no. votes to get the electoral colleges to turn in their favour. I didn't think True Lies was going to get it, to be honest with you. I did really? not think... Yeah, but... What do I know, you know? But yeah, we don't review Arnie for maybe a year, year and a half, and then just like a bus, mate, you get two Arnies in the first bit of the year. You were waiting for Arnold Schwarzenegger for ages, and for whatever reason, maybe it's a meet and greet, maybe you're on a hot date, maybe you're on the set of a Hollywood movie, and then two Arnold Schwarzeneggers, (laughs) that's fucking horrible, no. (laughs) Well, actually, you know what, I say that, and yet that is the plot of another Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that we'll probably end up doing on this podcast, so I shouldn't say too much with regards to to that don't give it away to mr hasn't seen any films no thank you but yeah arnie's back true lies and over on our patreon page we've had another a second second chance saloon and that had a much more obvious winning of the vote there Mm. which was van helsing which is on tap for this month on the patreon but we have also watched terminator 3 rise of the machines on patreon so we've had had terminator terminator 3 and True Lies, all in early 2021. Load them on up up top, get in your Arnie's, eat up all your Arnie's. It's all right, because you've mentioned it there now, and much like a 10-inch mushroom pizza, I could have three in a row and not really <laughs> seem to matter, or even notice that I've done that. Yes, fine, yes, more Arnold Schwarzenegger. If somehow the next episode of this podcast 
has an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie in it, I won't be upset. Don't get, no. don't, you know, I'll be fine with this. It's okay. We don't have a lot to say at the start, though. Yeah. Other than, <laughs> give me that fucking mailbag. <laughs> Welcome to the mailbag. Thank you for joining us here on the mailbag. If you've got any mail for the mailbag, you can send it on over to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. I want to bring up something as some bag controversy. Okay. And a lot of people go, oh, that's not my bag. I'm sorry, you're here in the bag with us now. And Hashtag not my bag. We're all in the bag. You have no, no say in the matter. It's like saying not my planet. You're on it whether you like it or not. <laughs> Bring up your bag grievances, come on. It's not my bag grievance. It was right. a, an eagle-eared, possibly eagle-eyed fan who said that we had alluded to the bag having like a zipper at one point. Oh, yes, yeah. And previously, it had been, a, I believe, a clasp of sorts or a fastening, <laughs> uh, and that this was playing havoc with their mental image of it right there now. So I was wondering if you could confirm the bag's modus operandi vis-a-vis the openage so what i will say is that we have heard your views and your thoughts and we've taken that all on board and we have actually hired a continuity editor for the podcast to make sure that any bags or indeed tangible objects that we refer to are consistent across every episode to avoid Mm. this kind of confusion can i just say i thought that every step of the way as well i think a lack of continuity enlivens the brand i think it's really fun it's like if you get food caught in your beard and you forget about it and then later yeah. on you eat it and you're like whoa I didn't realise you already made the joke brackets the meal you can do it again okay so you're making some anti-continuity points here and you're positioning me as a kind of bad guy authority figure coming in saying no 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 continuity from here on out there's gonna yeah, be a, and, uh, yeah. and all the cool kids are like come on we just want to eat old food out of our beards <laughs> grandpa I'm sorry you're not on TikTok and you don't understand how it works <laughs> You know what? I never had a fastening in mind for the mailbag. I didn't even picture it being fastened. I pictured it just being a loose, open bag. I always imagine it to be like, and I I speak from experience, Mm. having nearly pissed on such an object... I was expecting one of those flap bags that you could just be busy with your mail or your piss or whatever. Right. And you'd flip over the bag. You don't even need to do a... It would actually have almost like a weight you know sometimes the clasp on the bag will have a weight to it so the velcro will gain purchase oh, just from <laughs> a simple flip over you know yeah. that's what i was expecting there so like a messenger bag you were picturing a messenger bag yeah I think. a nice good quality one you should point out fastenings can perish yeah. as anyone who's chewed a watch until it becomes a timepiece you know <laughs> As anyone like that can attest to, they they can perish. So maybe the fastening will change. It's interchangeable, but I will be consulting with our continuity editor from here on out. Good. To at least discuss. I don't even know what material the mailbag's made out of. All right. It's, it's kind of a meaty sack, I always thought. like Kind yeah, of like a, a natural, sack. how we refer to in the business as a natural casing. That's why I always assumed it was. <laughs> oh, like sausages, you yes. know. Yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're basically reaching into a big sausage full of mail. 
a big metal sausage is what we're reaching into here. And so if you've got any messages, you can send them one in to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.sausage. Will they be fastened? I don't know. Our first message comes in. Now, this came in from the socials. I thought this was the bad controversy that you were going to broach. You were going to come at me with your anti-social policy here. No, 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 no. Anti-continuity, but also anti-social. You're such an anti-ant you are. You are so bad at knowing this, right? At this point, you should know if an Irishman's going to come at you with a grievance, it'll make sure I'll sync us up on an anniversary. Then... You'll be getting both fucking barrels. I'm not going to waste it on episode 75 like an asshole. Okay, so John writes the following. What's something you learned from a film that you've used in real life? John says his is taking his shoes off on a long flight from Die Hard. He actually got some decent sleep because of that back in the days where flying places was a thing, of course. So I've, I've got one from this. What do you got? What do you got? Well, it's not really something that I necessarily do, but it's something that I now know to do and I can't get it out of my head. Okay. So Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman mentions that your your elbow to your wrist is the same length as your foot and that the yeah no. yeah it is no i've tried it and it is i've put my foot hang up to on, it hang on hang <laughs> on mine's longer is officially longer you can see there now all right it is what does that mean have i got freak forearms you got weird arms mate little little special hormone technique i could extend my <laughs> arms out a little bit further you know that's all right stretch armstrong over here ruining my uh, my answer to this question <laughs> well so in answer to your question yeah sam learned not to trust julia roberts not a word that comes out of her mouth i know that now i know now that my upper limit you know i i don't think i've ever approached it Mm. But if I ever come near to the big 42 in terms of the mince pie numbering from Bridget oh, yes, Jones, yes, yes, yes. that for me is now like, it's kind of like a glass ceiling that's been in place. I may well shatter that ceiling some Christmas. But the ceiling's there. It is Ready there. Ready for you it's to in, head towards. It, it is in place. Absolutely <laughs> it is. I will say from Lord of the Rings, something mm. that I learned is that there's nothing nicer than waking up in a well-lit room. Yes. I think if you know that you're going to be sleeping in, and you're going to bed and it's so dark at night, a little bit of ice. I sometimes I'll pull up the old curtain so I can get the peak of sunlight so you get in. get the, yeah. I wake in and be like, oh, it, oh, you were there. <laughs> to wake up to natural sunlight is a lovely experience, isn't it? Mm. But to wake up to natural sunlight within a car, not nice experience. No, 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 no. You actually no, no. turn the car into like a magnification hotbox you don't want that. There's a couple of things I learned from Lord of the Rings. One, you can put potatoes in a stew. And two... You, you didn't know that. Just a bit of fun. Just a bit of fun for the listeners, uh, Kevin. Sam over here, what's your thickening agent then, mate? Huh? What are you doing? Lentils. <laughs> he might want to get them soaking. I was up until Lord of the Rings. I was up until Lord of the Rings. I was a lentil man. <laughs> I was going lentil mental, but now potatoes all the way. The other thing I learned from Lord of the Rings... Is that films can be bad, actually. They can, oh, fuck they can, off. Uh, they can yeah, not be right. good. Yeah, all right. Thanks for the question. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, John. Our next question comes in from cinemaswell at gmail.com. And this is from Corey. Now, Corey writes, hello, fellows. Corey writes, hello, fellows. I turned 30 right around the time Age of Ultron, which I believe is that. That's an Avengers, isn't it? That is. It is. And you know what, One Division? Stop trying to get me to care about that movie. I'm, fu- I'm sick of it. No. No! I've got no idea about any of this. You don't need to, and yet they claim that you do. No! No one's watching it again! No! Stop it! So, Corey turned 30 right around the time Age of Ultron came out, and after being so hyped for what turned out to be such a mediocre movie, I was very convinced that I'd simply watched the movie wrong 
And getting older just meant liking cool movies less. Mm. Until I saw Mad Max Fury Road and it absolutely blew me away with how much I enjoyed it. Has there ever been a movie you enjoyed so little it impacted the way you felt about movies in general or that hit you so hard it gave you a whole new appreciation for movies? I genuinely, genuinely think I had a similar experience with Age of Ultron. And the Mm. best way I could describe it is when I saw that movie and I was a big Marvel head, you know, I loved the comics. When I was a kid, I used to read Marvel comics all the time. I loved every cartoon I could sink my teeth into. I watched all the fucking movies, even the shite ones. Yeah. And when I went into Avengers Age of Ultron, it was as if I felt like I was watching a bad movie. It felt like I was a sim who had been clicked to watch a movie. And I sat down and I did it for three hours and my tiredness meter went and my fun meter went up like with one arrow, not three. And I felt like busy work for 20-somethings is what I felt like. <laughs> and that that made me kind of feel like, oh, okay. Like it made me realize that I'm prime fucking pickings. And most of us millennials are prime pickings mm. for any old shite we put. I go, wow, you watch this when you were a kid. You'll go fucking see it, won't you? So that's like one of my main takeaways. But like, I swear I've got like the opposite feeling when I went to see The Lighthouse in the cinema, which is one of the last mm. things I saw before all this shit went down. Yeah. Like that for me was like, oh, wow, okay. This makes me really realize and appreciate that there is something to be gained from watching a movie in the cinema, even if it is a movie. Like for me before, I'd be like, I'm going to go see X-Men Origins Wolverine in IMAX obviously whereas that was a movie where I saw and I was like oh okay like small indie movies can actually impact me in a bigger way when I see them on the big screen and I never thought that before so I've kind of gone on about this recently but I had the same sort of thing with Parasite which I've been talking Mm. about a lot but it's one of those ones where so the kind of Oscar bait best picture winner type thing I have a perception in my head that I'm going to get a sort a, a specific type of movie that's not saying it's going to be a bad movie by any means it's going to be a good movie but it's going to be you know a proper like thinky well not that Parasite isn't thinky but like a smart people drama movie and, and there's a bit in you're Parasite you bring too crunchy a snack with you is what you're saying no but th- like Parasite <laughs> is both it's like there's a bit in it and I don't want to give anything away but where I was like oh okay it's also this and it's like there was a little bit of me that during watching Parasite, I was like, this is how I felt during some of the great bits of Lost. And and this has won an Oscar for Best Picture. Uh, can we get that Oscar back real quick? <laughs> no, no, we're just going to check it for its um, instruction. Um. Something about the way that film kind of has its cake and eats it was wonderful for me. Wait, so what is it you actually learned about movies from watching that then that well you like movies no so it changed my kind of perception of you know best picture oscar winners that i kind of thought at this point were a bit like slightly highfalutin they're not going to be that kind of big blockbuster movie i don't know if parasite is necessarily a blockbuster but it it had some of those feelings in it i got both i got the kind of like highfalutin drama feelings and also the big blockbuster fucking yeah feelings at the same time i mean i guess that's what happens when you give an oscar to a different you know a a different type of movie because it was you know not your typical american director regular old oscar bait it fell into that category probably because of the award that it won not because of the type of movie that it was yeah i don't know if there's any film that's been so shit that i've like it's changed how i feel about films Oh, Uh, there's probably been someone here or on swill where i've been like i have said that same thing that Corey said that like i must be watching it wrong I'm, it must be me in the wrong because everyone loves this. I think maybe there's a bit of that with Indiana Jones, perhaps. There's still that feeling where I'm like, oh, maybe I'm in the You've wrong made a here. mistake. Yeah. yeah. But you're always going to be more likely to have that feeling than others, seeing as you're playing catch-up here on this podcast. Yes. Now, Kevin, 
There's a little bonus scrap here at the end of the mailbag. I'm just having a little look here. Oh, this, oh, oh. oh let me just unfurl this a bit. So at the end of Corey's... Bag scraps or gubbins as they're known. <laughs> at the end of Corey's email, there's a little bit more. And Corey says, P.S. Mm. Bit of a long hang time on this, but has Sam been made aware that his suspicions about Sir Hiss are completely correct as there is an entire subgenre of art involving him hypnotising various Disney princesses? I uh, knew it! Corey writes, that is definitely not the real question I was too self-conscious to ask without a proper question. <laughs> <laughs> So, Corey, no, I hadn't been made aware, but now I am aware, and I can't really remember, like, predicting that that was a thing, but if it's a Disney character and they can do something that, like that, like hypnotise people, someone's (laughs) gonna have drawn all sorts of mucky stuff to do with that. So thank you for bringing that to my attention, Corey, and don't be ashamed about putting that in the email. Don't be ashamed. The rule is, if it was in a cartoon that people grew up watching, they've done a sexy thing about it. That is it now. Yes. And in this case, they absolutely have. It's not just people fancying the fox. Some people want the scary snake to be naughty and horrible. (laughs) Because some people are a little bit more highbrow. They're attracted to the intellectualism and the hypnotism, etc. Sure. It's why Darren Brown's so sexy, you know. What, because he's a snake? (laughs) No, because of his, you know, mind powers. Was that that VR experience you're on where they tried to convince you he had arms? That bullshit. (laughs) That old bullshit, that old routine. <laughs> oh, so that's it for the mailbag. Seal it on up with the fastening. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know what noise to emulate. Oh, I love how oh, uncertain that fastening sounded. Oh, no. Just sounds like a ghost has slowly backed out of a room. <laughs> so, Kevin, we're going to keep this fairly short and sweet, but just to kind of go through true lies a little bit. What do you think these true lies are? Well, I see Arnie on the poster. He's not giving much away there, is he? It's really not. It's kind of Arnie. I think there might be a gun and a white background, and it's called True Lies. Did you spy the director? No, I didn't spy the director. None other than Jimmy C., James Cameron, back at the helm, and that's the only way you can get him to direct a movie is convince him it's a big boat. And he'd be like, oh, I love boats. He was Terminator Man, wasn't he, James Cameron? He was, so he's, he and was he's indeed. back with Arnie doing back whatever this is if you're to guess because i think i have i went to bat on this movie once or twice where i'm like oh we've got to watch it da, da, da. and i'm pretty sure it was all off record so i don't know if any of it stuck right but what type of an arnie movie do you think that we're going to watch balls to the wall action comedy drama mixture of all three what are we going to get with arnie he's a man with range and this is a late i will say this is a later arnie offering it looks a bit actiony mm-hmm. it doesn't look there's no explosions <laughs> on the cover you're basing that on the fact that he has a gun he has a gun and a bit of a smirk there's not like big booms he's not wearing like a leather jacket i don't think so no. it's not terminator they might try to sneak back in that character i don't know like is he a policeman is he a detective Is he something like that? What's a true lie? What's a lie that's true? It's an oxymoron, Kevin. They can't have a true lie. All right, all right. I know you have to fucking have a pop to me, like, and all that, right? You know, Jesus. True lie. They've made a mistake with the title, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Just call the film Lies or Truths. True lies. True lies. True lies. Give us a guess. What lie, what big lie could Arnie be telling? Looking as he's looking on that front cover there with that little smirk, you know he's hiding something. Well, maybe I caught a little glimpse of the tagline 
which was something like, and I'll be doing this a disservice, when he said, I do, he didn't say what he did. Which, as taglines go... Ooh, that's a bit alarming. It's something like that. So I think this is... That honestly sounds like how a scandalous rag of a newspaper would frame like a really troubling admission from a wrong... So, look, I probably shouldn't have read the tagline. I didn't realise how spoiler it would be. But that, to me, suggests he's married Mm. and he's leading some sort of double life. Double life? Double life. What type of double life? True lies, more like two lives. Am I right? That's what I imagine is happening here. Oh, he's two-faced is what it is. I knew it. But which is his true face, okay? (laughs) In t- true lies. Okay, well... So with his two lives. I will inform you in due course mm. how accurate your prediction is. Okay. But let's stop beating around the bush because we got a big old, dirty, wet, juicy Arnie movie to sink our teeth into. Oh. Let's go do a cinema swirl. Just watch a little bit Arnold Schwarzenegger, directed by Jimmy C with Jamie C. I'm talking about True Lies, not to be confused with my Minions fanfic, Gru Lies, which we will not be reviewing on this in spite of my Aww. many attempts to whatever, it's fine. Sam, initial good reaction to the hellaciously explosive, over-the-top True Lies. Way, It's a wire. It's a proper it's wire. It's a wire. It's a wire. You know? Wow. Way. Where there's a whip, there is a way. Tell me, how'd you get on with it? What type of a level of a way are we at here? You had a good time, it seems. So I think I, in the priest world, I was saying, oh, it might not be quite as action-packed as I was expecting. Or it's going to be a bit more of a serious tone to this one. No, 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 no. This is more Arnie silly action. I shouldn't have ever doubted that that is what Arnie is capable of, and that's what he's best at, and that's what Jimmy C would have got him on board to do. And we got a lot of it. This has got to be the silliest Arnie that we've done so far, right? It's silly. It is silly. Oh, boy. If it's not number one, it's right up there in terms of silliness. But we have seen Jingle All The Way, so... Mm. Mm, I mean, although surprisingly, a lot of beats in a familiarity with this and Jingle All The Way. Yeah. It's like Jingle All The Way had all of its Christmas, like, kind of stripped back, <laughs> layer by layer, vein by vein, nerve by nerve. Mm. And then it was thrust into the bombastic action world of which Arnold Schwarzenegger is more typically known. I will say, I wanted to know your thoughts on this. This came out in 1994. Mm. And I think if I'm watching this, I felt this is probably one of the, if there was a blood bloated fucking golden calf of an idol of 90s excess that we could set fire to Mm. it's probably this i don't know what do you think what just in terms of how excessive it was how excessive it was Mm. it was over the top and not just in its action it had probably you know i was surprised how poorly it aged in some respects i'd not watched this since my 20s don't get me wrong there's some stuff up with it (laughs) there's plenty of stuff up with it but it does it in that kind of i don't think action movies 
were as unashamedly unashamed as they were at this point. This is the peak. After this, right, yeah, yeah. action movies started looking over their shoulders, at least somewhat, I feel. We started getting a bit self-conscious after this point, but this is not a self-conscious film. This is very brazen. This is the brazen party of a 30-year-old who's going to let everyone know that it's their nice. Yeah. The last nice. Ah! <laughs> no, it's yeah, if you're going to turn 30, it's going to be good. It'll be good. I mean, Don't I'm going <laughs> to... Oh yeah, shit, you are. Sorry, what happens is I keep making jokes thinking that Sam is also in his 30s like Not me. Yet. And I make these jokes with the knowing laughs of empathy and acknowledgement. Uh, and instead, I'm creating the knowing looks and glances of dread. So you feel like you're bringing me into this club, whereas yeah. what you're really doing is saying like... <laughs> You are on the outside of this, but not for long. You're coming in soon. <laughs> I'm tapping on the glass going, hey! <laughs> but yeah, this was this was wild. There is definitely stuff up with it. It's silly, and I don't know why I expected a serious tone. There's bits where... Oh, oh it's not serious. It's not serious. It's no, not it's serious not at movie. all. I mean, it takes what you could say if you were writing it down on paper as potentially serious subject matter, mm. and also subject matter which in the 90s America should have seen coming would be a lot more serious in the years to come. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of that going on as well. It's perhaps slightly more adult in a way than some Arnie stuff we've watched, but it is still very much silly Arnie fare, which we're used to here on cinema as well. It's got a childlike glee, and considering that it's dealing with, like, you know, some quite intense relationship stuff, if you try and think about it for more than a second, mm. which the movie will try very hard to make sure does not happen. <laughs> It absolutely must not. James Cameron's like, no one must think about this. <laughs> I think that's why you've got Arnie there. He's kind of a sort of subtle way of reminding people, you don't, don't think, don't think. Arnie's here, you don't need to think. He's kind of like a little... <laughs> representation of no don't think just don't think can we get on to these beautiful titles here oh, because i loved that so much there's some graphic design expertise in the pod crabs family i.e everyone except me and billy has got graphic design expertise <laughs> so i get to say things like i don't know much about no kernan but i liked when them big letters were turning <laughs> And I don't know if kerning and turning are the same thing, but I did like when true became lies. Oh, it looks great, doesn't it? It looks really, really great, that does. Big fan of that. In a way that will reveal me to seem very stupid, but mm. I have to make the point. It was the nice surprise of finding out that those two words are the same number of letters, because for whatever reason, lies didn't register as a four-letter word. <laughs> it it yeah. felt like it was a shorter word, because it's a plural of a smaller word, you know? But they actually slot in together perfectly. It, yeah, it was... Really lovely title sequence. And we open on a snowy mansion in Switzerland. Hey, neutrality! <laughs> hey, neutral boys, neutral boys, where are you at, my neutral boy? Uh, come on now, I'm all about the Swiss. They got the chocolate, they got the watches, they got the cheese, they got the, the neutrality that everyone begrudges. Oh, that, that neutral cheese, that neutral chocolate. <laughs> Just, <laughs> mm. We call that Edam cheese in the business, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Kevin, welding, or I guess like melting metal, underwater always looks so fucking great doesn't it like like hot flamey stuff underwater ah 
Love that shit. I kind of feel like it's one of those things that if someone turned around to me and said, you can't actually weld underwater. It's all just a Hollywood thing. The flame and would go out. I, obviously it would, <laughs> right? And you're I, surrounded by water. And I, I, let me tell you, with some of the scientific background, I am still taking your word for it, Hollywood, because I've never handled one. I'm taking your word in the word of underwater's demolitions expert, Jesse the Body Ventura, as well. Those are my only sources on it. I still don't feel like I could take a basic a Bunsen burner underwater in a swimming pool and turn it on and it work. Like, how, how are they doing that? Doesn't I mean, make sense. you and I in our scuba suits would be sneaking a crowbar because we're doubting Thomas's. You know, like, yeah, all right, step aside you now with your fire underwater. <laughs> or do they not tell them about the fire in the water? Don't worry about it. We got a crowbar, and it's kind of becoming apparent to me at this point. Like, oh, okay. I thought Arnie might be a detective or a, he, he's a <laughs> he's like a spy. This guy. I he's, swore you hit on spy at the start because like, at the start I was like, shit. If I go any longer, you will probably. Guess the whole I think plot maybe of the I movie. did, but he's he works for an agency. He's a spy type dude. Also, a quick science question for you, Mister Science Man. You know, if you have got like a wetsuit on, I, don't, I can't remember if I've ever worn a wetsuit. Maybe once, and you go under for like freezing cold ice water. Yeah. Are you going to be cold? You are going to be cold I mean, under there, aren't you? Y- you will be cold, yeah. yeah, but you'll be protected from the severe cold. You'll be all right. Okay. Yeah, you'll be fine. You'll have a limited amount of time, obviously, that you could probably be down there safe and all that. It's more but, science yeah. shit that doesn't add up to me. <laughs> I think you should be frozen. I, I think you and I need to have a Patreon tier where we like we're, we'll just get underwater, we'll get some we'll get get some scuba gear, yeah. and we'll just we'll break into the embassy in Switzerland and we'll just see what's what. That's all. Or maybe I need to do like key stage three science and just like <laughs> recap some <laughs> of this stuff because I'm going Here. back to like common sense that isn't actually sensible. I'll tell you now, they should have mm. probably rethought casting Arnold Schwarzenegger as a spy because my immediate thought upon seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger in his tuxedo coming out here was that they should have called this movie Big Spy because he's so fucking big. <laughs> there's, there's something about big muscle lads in suits or tuxedos that always looks a bit funny. It always looks kind of silly, a little bit. A bit talking heads, you know? Yeah, he fills out the suit, and obviously mm. you've got the 90s cut of suit as well, so it's borderline double-breasted here. Yeah. So Arnold Schwarzenegger does look like a king-size bed with a big bow tie coming around <laughs> and walking around here. He's as subtle as that. I thought there was big Hitman vibes with the setup here, yeah. and the fact that oh. there was someone who was so obviously didn't belong walking around and, like, you know, he had the language skills, though. I like that. And he mm-hmm. didn't make any death puns, but he was still not very subtle. No, I mean, something about, like, changing from wetsuit to tux. And actually, the layout of this mansion, and there's some other bits later on where he's climbing from balcony to balcony. I'm like, I've done that in one of the Hitman games. Absolutely, 100%. And the guards walking around underneath the balconies as he's... Sn- I'm like, I've, d- I've done all this in video games. So I'm, I'm thinking quite a few video games might have had a look at things like this in the 90s and been like, let's keep that in the back of our mind for the rest of our careers because this is cool it did, it did pivot from hitman into the real hustle instead where he's like you know you do things Swapping like you grab the, the wine <laughs> yeah yeah you talk loud you make a big entrance i really think in that party environment a tuxedo and a thick austrian accent is essentially the high-vis jacket uh kind of analog you so get away with anything yeah pretty much yeah, you yeah. Know, he even got him to put more garlic in it i wouldn't have i i am notorious for returning food stuff's on it's raw etc i've talked about that but i wouldn't dare tell a caterer to redo no. the spreads 
whoa there now. Arnie's got that confidence, you know. Also, it's a bit, I think it's been a while since we've done this. I noticed a funny name in the credits at the start. Yay! One of the editors is called Conrad Buff, which I really like. <laughs> I think that's a great name. I'd love to be called Conrad Buff. Buff. I mean, I think there'd be a pressure there, wouldn't it? It'd be like if your name is Commander Rex Flexington, which is a real <laughs> person. You would feel that you'd have to at least embody some of the demeanour alluded to by your name. Or maybe I could be a film buff, you know? And I'm not there oh, either. But okay. yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. They call him Sam Phil, Phil Buff. Buff. <laughs> Mr. And for buff. me, it would be Phil.m. Phil M. Buff. That would be what I <laughs> This dude looks very swanky. You've got all our political movers and shakers. Baddies. Yeah, baddies, goodies, all sorts of shady people here. I love that already we've got, like, a hacker guy in a van, so Arnie's got someone in his ear, and it's Tom Arnold, who I'm not really too familiar with, and a hacker guy who's like, these are encrypted files, guys, so it's going to take a while to get into the mainframe. I'm hacking in. I'm in, you know, uh, things of that nature. I like the idea that James Cameron... Mm. sat down with some of the top execs and they're like, what are your plans for the 90s now that we've passed the seminal year of 1993? And he's like, I think it's time for America to see Arnold Schwarzenegger do the tango. Oh, yes, lovely stuff. Uh, uh, England, England, football. Sorry, you soon just said playing music? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> uh, I hope we don't get copyright struck for that. Um, oh no, England are going to lodge a copyright claim against their culture. Damn it! I mean, amazing that Zoom could recognise that as music. <laughs> That's um, okay. Oh god. So he's established like security are onto him. They've realised who is this guy just floating. We're, he's not been invited. So he, the way he gets around it is dodging around by tangoing with a pretty lady. And he's a good dancer, you know? You probably get a solid seven from Len Goodman on Straight to Come Dancing. I feel, though, he'd get a solid fucking zero from me for his general oh. politeness. Like, in terms of, we're going to say this is like a Hitman level, if he pulled that shit in Hitman where it's like, hold on to this for me and give someone a half-drunk glass of champagne, woo, five-star wanting level. Suspicious. Im immediate, yeah, 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 yeah. like, get him! <laughs> you know, they'd be killing you for that shit. And so, like, eventually, it'll kind of reaches ahead and he's got to get out of there so he's running he's exploding shit he manages to evade two attack dogs by bashing their oh! heads together stay which <laughs> yes and then there's gunmen on skis they're, oh, they're ski skiing and shooting that feels like golden eye oh, yeah. 64 game type stuff absolutely yeah. i feel like this movie has taken a lot of the kind of big tropes of action movies from the 70s and the 80s and the early 90s and it's just like kind of a greatest hits so to speak oh there's loads there's of no bond in there isn't there Whole oh my bond. god, there's yeah, yeah. so fucking much. And I feel like if you want your greatest hits, you want your selection box, you can <laughs> do a lot worse in terms of here because you get so many fucking explosions. There's something about guys in skis with little machine guns that just makes me feel alive. And I don't know yeah. why it is. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> when he starts sliding down backwards and shooting them, when he's like, hey, move to the left and shoots two more. Oh, man. Yeah. Doing that Arnie cool as a cucumber thing where he's just very calmly saying, move away from here. Bang. That I still, I'm still not sure is deliberate or not, but it's great, whatever it is. Do you think you could 
kind of figure out in any way how this character that Arnold plays is different from any is he, is he got any like kind of gilding on this it's 94 now he's on he's in the the thick of it he's not a youngster anymore Sam come on he's still just Arnie isn't he he is just Arnie at the end of the day and but that's good yeah, that is good it's though. so good I love it because yeah. we our last Arnie movie we did not that long ago mind it was Terminator <laughs> and he's a <laughs> He's a baby in Terminator, and here mm. he's like the king of fucking Hollywood. There's one difference. He's got this like knowing smirk and wink in his fucking face the whole time where it's like, I'm the fucking king of Hollywood. I have nothing to prove. I can do whatever I want. I'm untouchable forever. And other than that, no, nah, that's pretty much it. He's got like probably twice as many lines of dialogue in this that he did in Terminator. Oh, yeah. He's got a lot of talking to do in this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's dropped back off at home, nearly forgets his wedding ring, but his little mate Tom Arnold's like, oh, make sure you get your thing. And he's living a double life, as I suspected. He's telling true lies. And he's a salesman again, which he he definitely was in Jingle All The Way, wasn't he? But he was a mattress salesman then. He's moved on to computers now. Yes, and this is the first time I've seen this movie as a proper adult. As in, I think the last time I saw this movie, I maybe was like 19 or 20 or thereabouts. Mm. And there was an inescapable feeling that I fucking hated and almost every time in this movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger was being like, I'm a big dirty liar to his wife, mm. Jamie Lee Curtis. And I just, I don't know, I'm watching a lot of Married at First Sight Australia at the moment. <laughs> so like my fucking walls are up and I'm ready to fight anyone who's not a good partner. Right. But I had this, what I'm saying, Sam, is my empathy ruined the movie and I want to get rid of it, please. I absolutely yeah. see what you're saying. There is that whole, that will kind of nag at you the whole way through this movie, yes. especially in some bits. I hate uh, it. I yeah. don't know why it made, made me feel terrible. When he pulled the duvet away from her, I was like, you're horrible. She deserves two duvets with the shit you're pulling. You go sleep on the fucking lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Look. He's leading that double life. He's being secretive. He's a spy. He hasn't told his family. Thus is the crux of the movie here. These are the true lies we're talking about. <laughs> we're always like harsh on Jimmy B, old James Bond, for his like real callousness towards the ladies, etc., and the women in his life and the people he holds close to him. But I'll say, it's better to be that and to be a dirty bachelor than to be going around poisoning your family like this. Well, all right, I'm going to play devil's avocado for a second because something has just occurred to me oh you're not a fucking oh don't start this now (laughs) i'm not i'm not but if i were (laughs) i would think actually maybe it's safer for my family not to know so that doesn't put them at risk from other people trying to get information from them right I'm look, I'm very much avocadoing it at the moment. I'm trying to find some justification where it seems all right that he's living this double life and not no, telling his family. No, because avocados are nice, Sam, and Arnold Schwarzenegger is anything but in this movie. He is the and devil I, in this movie. <laughs> honestly, I only got through this kind of... I was really worried because it's like fucking 20 minutes in. I'm like, oh no, I feel like horribly weird watching right, it now. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want this. So I just kind of viewed him as being like this loose cannon who's gone mad and... <laughs> That's why he's been like this, and that's kind of how I dealt with this, really. Whatever gets you through it, because something does need to get you through it, because it, does. it, it doesn't get any better what's happened <laughs> with his life. No, there's an awful lot of explosions which help you immediately forget these things, but you will be reminded by it if you have one of those pesky consciences. Yeah. 
but it's best to travel back to the 90s and put that conscience behind you in the kind of heady fun days of the 90s. Hopefully, when I get my vaccination at some point in the future, I'll get the firmware update with it. I'll have that bitch removed. Have your empathy taken out. And I'll be able to search Bing telepathically as well. Yeah. As I should be. <laughs> There's a little joke here that I really loved. I think Tom Arnold is a comedian. <laughs> he's, he's a comedian in the sense that he's like, I'm a comedian, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> that kind of one. Yeah. Arnie's daughter is putting on a motorbike helmet to get picked up by her boyfriend, who only shows up for one thing, but his little mate Tom Arnold says, oh boy, I remember the first time I got shot out of a cannon. And the, the way he's delivered with the helmet, and ah, oh, good joke. I just wanted to acknowledge a fucking solid gag. And I was sitting there going, why is her father not making the dad jokes? This is fucking rubbish. He's shit. He should be fucking fired out of a cannon onto the lawn where he'll be in the doghouse for the foreseeable. <laughs> He's too busy using this fucking Google Glass and Whoa! a cigarette, like packet of cigarettes to spy on his daughter nicking money from him. So we establish he's got this Google Glass sunglasses that can spy through a spy cam. Cool stuff in the spy business. Cool stuff. Lots of, like, what appeared, I'm sure, in 94 to be, like, whoa, technology. Mm. But there's a point where he's like, I got everything in there. I got the GPS. I got the power supply. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Has it got a brick on it? Oh. So, you know, like, Arnie's little mate, Tom Arnold, here. Yeah. And again, this is kind of tying it back into the time and place. He's really enjoying goofing about Arnie's 14-year-old daughter having sex or being on drugs oh, and stuff yeah. like that. It's, some of the humour in this is pretty close to the old knuckle, isn't it? It's pretty... Uh, what do you expect of these kids have been raised by <laughs> Axel Rose and Madonna? <laughs> it's not a great friendship between Arnie and his little mate, Tom Arnold, is it? They don't really get on properly, I don't no, think. It's, no, it's kind of like Arnold bullies him into being his enabler. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's never a good relationship i don't think we've had some good buddy relationships throughout cinema as well but i don't think this is one of them this doesn't fill me with joy i think arnie does best without the buddy i think they peaked with having the little john connor kid in terminator 2 yeah and i don't think him being forced by benny to drive him around in commando doesn't count but i don't think he's had a good buddy energy i don't think it works no he's more of a a lone wolf, a solo figure. Now, they work for something called the Omega Sector, which I guess is just like an analogue for some sort of top-secret spy agency. You know what? It's like, I get you, America. It's us through lack of fucking actual top-secret spy agencies that you have doing actual spy shit. But I always love any time they're like, oh, no, we can't do the CIA or whatever. That's boring with their, you know, mind-control experiments and stuff like that. Omega we have to invent sector. Omega! Like, it's some fucking shit knockoff of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something like that uh, speaking of shit knockoffs of shields oh we got Charlton Heston in the house and he's as bad at acting in this as he is as bad a person <laughs> fucking hell your fucking blackened soul couldn't really muster up much of a performance here did they capture him after Michael Moore showed him the picture of that little girl is that why he's all shook up here I don't know he's... any of the Charlton Heston stuff but oh, I really? think it's probably something I need to look into well we went oh, light on Planet of the Apes so I thought I'd give him both barrels right. there now and the supporting role also because he did and I mean this a gen- 
genuinely bad job. It's like he was reading off a fucking cue card, but they gave him fucking. Oh, he's got uh, a villain gave, eye patch. So they gave him an eye patch. Yeah, I'd seen the movie before, and I'm like, I think this guy's up to no good. Uh, yeah. I don't like this guy. This is Charlton Heston with an eye patch. Again, he's like dressed up with this proper villain's eye patch, and nothing comes of this guy being a bad dude. He's just there to be like, ah, you're not doing good at your job. That's it from him. Oh, Kevin, by the way, it's terrorist stuff they're investigating. It's the old terrorist stuff. Terrorists. I hate terrorists. It it kind of feels like we are just moved beyond using Russians as baddies. So we're going for terrorists because. We saw a lot of footage on CNN during the Gulf War, and we don't know what to do with it other than to express it vis-a the medium of this movie, <laughs> which has not got a lot to say about the Middle East. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Look, th- yeah, we can get into this now that maybe it's... No, 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 because I don't... We got a lot of instances of very specific things we need to okay. talk about later. And also, the movie effectively distracted me by presenting me with a scene where Jamie Lee Curtis... Is, it looked like she put soap in her coffee, and I was like, what, what's this? Oh, is this where she's, like, chatting to her mates at work? Because there's a, li- yeah. a, a little line from her, which I thought was a, a little bit on the nose, but it was cute. Oh, it's not like he's saving the world or anything. He's just a sales rep, as far as I know. Uh, And I like that he's a computer sales rep as well, because in 94, that does have the air of mystery about it. that's got such a prestigious cachet to it, being a computer salesman. I remember, yeah, around this time being taken into a computer sales shop in Mullingar, and the guy's like, hey, little boy, dig this. And it was the fucking screensaver with the flying toasters. And I thought he was a fucking actual magician, this man. Like, how he conjured this, like, you know. You'd see him around town, be like, any more toasters on that... uh, software that you developed uh. how do we get more toasters in here going to all the conventions be like no we need more toasters we're gonna boost our numbers we're gonna get toasters on here So the pretty lady that Arnie was tangoing with, who's called Juno, I believe, they figure out that she might be involved in some of this dodgy terrorist stuff. So he sends Arnie... Oh, she's just an arch dealer, Sam. Come on, you know? Mm, Arnie's got to pretend to be interested in buying antique bits of art and stuff. Um, Oh, isn't it a hard day at the office for Arnold Schwarzenegger, who has to go and seduce the woman he clearly has a fucking raging hard on for here? Come on now. Oh, I know what they call her. They say, yeah, you gotta go seduce the babe. Sorry, they didn't say seduce the babe. They referred to her as a total biscuit. (laughs) (laughs) Now, in addition to loving crumpets here in the uk the yeah. other thing i do love about the uk is just the term lovely bit of crumpet i think that is a yes. very yeah, yeah. silly old person way of describing someone who is beautiful or whatever but i took me and i love biscuits yeah don't get me and, and in america you're probably like what like you're probably not biscuits and gravy like we have yes those as well i like cookies and biscuits all sorts i couldn't bring myself to use total biscuit with a straight face <laughs> I don't think I can reclaim it. But yeah, so this total biscuit is out here. You saying it there, it makes it sound like a fuck up. Like, right. oh, it's a total biscuit. You went in there, the whole thing went wrong. Like more of a Guy Ritchie type thing. Oh, we've had a total biscuit here. It's got all, <laughs> you know, a wire. No, this lovely lady, she's dealing these antiques. Did you recognize her? No. Have 
you seen? I I apologize. I've asked you this question probably on this. That's what you're both in. Yeah, you have. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I wasn't sure enough to go with Wayne's World. It is it is the Wayne's World lady. It is the Wayne's World lady. Uh, okay. Or, all right, that's if you're fucking, you know, waking up out of bed being like, I'm thinking about movies. And if you've got your fucking hat on, your brain switched on, two cups of coffee. No, not Wayne's World. Relic Hunter is what I'm saying. Where were you at 3 p.m. on a weekday? Huh? <laughs> not watching Relic Hunter, obviously. No, no I was not. Clearly. And, you know, how we were like, oh, maybe she's involved in this before. She is definitely involved in it because uh, a Middle Eastern gentleman comes into her office. He's like slapping her, saying he's annoyed oh, that Arnie's investigating. Oh, this was ridiculous. Yeah. Is he the Batman? Is he? Maybe he should slap her four or five more times. And like, she's like, I'm only in it for the money anyway. It's, it's so shit. It's quick establishment of like, oh, we've got a bad guy character here. Here he is. He's bad. The movie bad. is two and a half fucking hours long. You know, you could have. You didn't need to go like, and this is the problem. There's like two movies in this movie, or like mm. there's a mini series and a movie that have been intertwined because we do all the cell but the terrorist stuff, yeah, and then we do a different movie which is a lot different and it's very entertaining, and then we kind of tie that up by bringing in this earlier plot. Like you're not going to see the terrorist gang for a long, long time now. So they've got to make an impact, you know. You've got to be like, oh yeah, that guy who was another <laughs> slap each other then. up a bit, I guess. Yeah, yeah fucking right? hell. Good lord. It's Arnie's birthday tonight, so his wife, Jamie Lee Curtis, ringing up, being like, you're going to be home for eight, are you? Of course, you can count on me this time. You're my favourite customer. (laughs) I've heard that before. Where's my mattress? Where are you at the birthday party? Same old, same old. But as luck would have it, we get the baddies following them. So Arnie's now got to go out of the car and wear sunglasses to watch them watch him using his Google Glass. I was not there. I was back with the wife and the daughter and the dog and the wedding cake and the presents and the party. And it's not fucking easy to make an effort for a birthday. And those who do should be lauded. There's people right now who are planning lockdown birthdays. And this type of shit right here, Arnold, with, oh, let's go save the world. Go to your birthday. Jesus, come on. The world can wait. Now, mate, big bathroom shootout. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) He's having a shootout in a bathroom. There's an old man using one of the toilets. He's very confused by it. We keep cutting back to him. Great music. Ah. In the best way possible, this invokes strong Mariah Carey heartbreaker vibes from me. uh, Ah. Because of the action taking place in the bathroom. The great music, Mm. someone in the bathroom, a misunderstanding. It didn't turn out like this in Heartbreaker, though. Like, Bianca didn't pull out the AK and said, there was none of that because Mimi knows how to defuse the situation without getting. She's real, is what I'm saying, Sam. She just needs to stoop to this level with the guns. I want to give a shout out to a good sound effect. The sound effect of Arnie ramming a guy's head head first into the urinal. The kind of of doom noise. Ah, oh, beautiful. And then fl- and then flushing the urinal on him to add We've insult to injury. to do it. Like, you know, when you see a urinal, go up and tap your head off it, like, you know, <laughs> to, to rush against it, you know, sharpen your horns or whatever. But uh, it was good to see. There was catharsis here to see that happen on the, on the big screen. This is a tense sequence. We get the actual big bad guy coming in, kicking down every stall, trying to find Arnie, who's hidden for a bit, and the old man peering out, being like, oh, what's going on? The big... 
big shootout, spilling onto the streets. Go in the mid-90s. I'm sure when the terrorists attack us, they'll probably go in screaming at the top of their lungs with a big gun and shooting around. This non-subtle terrorist who's mm. taking the terror aspect at very face-loud value, yeah. you know? There's kind of an oddness in this movie about the terrorists being presented so stereotypically. Yes. But... Obviously, the means at which they operate are the stereotypes have not yet been established in the pop culture, it seems. Yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? But, you know, they're just kind of like... It comes up a few times that the terrorists are a bit hapless and kind of useless and silly, but also taking themselves very seriously. They're very bumbling and naive mm. and dangerous. And yeah, it feels like they were written either one way or the other. I don't know if it's like they were presented as this very scary, harsh group. And mm. then someone's like, you know, the rest of the movie's kind of light. Maybe we should make them a little bit more silly. <laughs> Punch it up a bit. Or it was the case that they were really silly because they're like, we, that go for was easy. Yeah, this, this is stupid yeah and then it's someone's like you know what maybe we should make it seem a little bit scary have them shoot up some stuff have them slap everyone a bit you know they're definitely playing with the dials trying to get terrorists down right and i don't think they quite make it do they i don't really like where i'm at kind of comparing and contrasting your hurtful stereotypes but like kind of <laughs> there is a science to it i think yeah so the bites spill out onto the streets tom arnold's standing behind a lamppost to make sure his dick doesn't get shot off and he's delighted when his dick doesn't get shot off kevin to bury the lead five fucking star whites because arnie's on a horse baby Yay! arnie's on a fucking horse <laughs> Kevin, you can't get more horsepower than you can on an actual horse, which is what Arnie has established here, because he's uh, driving liar. a horse. Two horses, thank you. Uh, twice as much horsepower. One foot on each. Just kind of straddling yes. both. Wee. And am I the only one who thinks... I've never ridden a horse, mm. and I've never attempted to, nor have I attempted to even involve myself in the world of horse science, because it is a scary place. Some more Patreon but bonus content. <laughs> do you th imagine that if you're on a horse and you mm. have the reins, that you do a little bit of the, you know, they rev a motorcycle. Yeah. Even subconsciously, I imagine that a lot of riders do that. I'd do it for a laugh, obviously. Would you go vrum vrum, though? That's yeah. the real question. Vrum vrum. Or go like that to try and, you know, make it sound like a horse. Because that's the noise that horses make, isn't it? <laughs> horse versus bike. That is one of the all-time great standoffs. Yeah. Ultimate showdown of history right here. Horse and bike. It's Red Dead Redemption versus Grand Theft Auto in a big old showdown here. This is why I imagine it's like if you play Red Dead Online. I've never played Red Dead Online, but yep. I've played like Grand Theft Auto Online. I'm very used to people who seem to have an unfair advantage appearing out. Like, I played Grand Theft Auto Online at one point after not playing in many years, and there were flying cars, and I felt overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I imagine if I go on to Red Dead Online, there'll be people going... <laughs> Lying around in their horses. They're fucking really fast motorbikes. I mean, this is fun, isn't it? Driving through a hotel, oh, knocking over jazz bands on horses and bikes, and then going up in a lift with a horse and a stuffy old couple like, oh, say something, Brian. Lovely animal you've got. That I mean, come on. This is great stuff. You literally couldn't plan it. Unlike a birthday party, which would which, take which a lot of planning. planned by your wife. <laughs> and with, uh, with an absentee husband and a child in the house, the difficult age of 14, she's stealing. And there's no father figure there to resolve some of these issues, which is really terrible. I'd like to be on a horse to ride up beside him and remind him of his responsibilities. Your family. 
<laughs> gallop, gallop, gallop. <laughs> Pointing at the, the watch like, it's your birthday! Am I the only one who got kind of shining vibes from when they were driving around in the hotel on the motorbike? Because it was kind of a reddish carpet going... Mm-hmm. Danny's all grown up. <laughs> and he hates the West. <laughs> There was that sort of vibe from it. Now, it's Arnie's birthday, and there's nothing I'd rather do on my birthday after I've just watched a terrorist ride a motorbike off a building and land in a pool on a, like, neighbouring building, which, that Fun. landing looks satisfying as fuck. Like, imagine uh, that. Sam, he sticked the landing, I think we can all say. <laughs> he fully sticked it. Nothing I'd rather do on my birthday than, like, try and jump across two buildings on a horse... Without contacting the relevant animal welfare authorities on that, because that did seem... On whose authority could you do that? <laughs> I don't, I don't, well, that's the thing. That's what You don't want to make the call. That's the thing. If you ring up and say, is this all right, you're going to get a no. It's you're better gonna, to just... Already... Oh, no, you're going home in the back of a van then, like, and your new home is prison. But the horse quite rightly goes, I'm not doing this shit, and... Bucks him off the edge of a building. The horse was health and safety gone mad, is what that horse was. It's one of them EU horses. There was yeah. regulations there. I did like that they suddenly implied that the horse was smarter than Arnold Schwarzenegger there. Yeah, which I, th- I think it was. Definitely. But they're still on the same side because the horse is like backing up to pick him up because he's holding on to the reins and they're kind of getting him back up there. He manages to like convince a horse to help him, which is pretty impressive. I like as well that before he attempted the jump, Arnold Schwarzenegger went. But he did it in slow motion, so it was fucking beautiful. And a little bit more horse chat here, because we've got Arnie speaking to the horse afterwards. I had the guy, you let him get away. Look at me when I talk to you. What kind of a cop are you anyway? Not in that voice, but to a horse. He would say that to a horse. Wonderful stuff. I like that. I mean, that scene, Turner and Hooch and raising up the bar, isn't it? It's just like, Arnold Schwarzenegger can do anything. He's there with a fucking horse. And a cop buddy drama within the movie itself. Right. Better dynamic, better buddy dynamic between Arnie and that horse than Arnie and Tom Arnold, right? Yeah, I think you heard Tom Arnold's voicing the horse really could have worked quite well. Because he's got that, hey, uh, why why the long face? Oh, you I'm know, he's got that horse here. <laughs> I'm a, I don't know why he's become Italian-American suddenly. I don't think he is. He just has a... Ow! Oh, I'm a horse. Clip-clop, you son of a bitch. Arnie's back home a million years late to his fucking Boo. birthday party. Boo! 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 And he says thank you for the party. No! No! Give Null him. No! No. And Jamie Lee Curtis is like, oh, it's all right. I made you the camp. It's so close to my birthday, I thought me being sad about this was going to ruin my birthday. Oh, no, no, no. You'll be home in time. You won't be chasing terrorists on a horse. I don't I think. better not. I, well, I better not. You never know. The main baddie... So he's formed a new terrorist group. That's what they've discovered. And yep. he's, he's calling himself the Sand Spider or something, but no one ever mentions that ever again. Oh, I thought they were the Crimson Jihad. They're the Crimson Jihad, but he is the Sand Spider. Fucking Crimson Jihad sounds like some edgelord playing Warhammer 40k and they uh, play a bit fast and loose with their coloration schemes here on their space. Don't call him that. Don't call him that. Look, he's scary stuff, this guy, and his whole organisation. That's the little bit they're establishing that to arnie making up for being a right bad bastard late for his own birthday plans to surprise his wife by popping into the office and offering to take her out to lunch but she is on the phone to her mystery man simon 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 
who she's excitedly going off to meet, and Arnie manages to just be out of the way enough to see all this happen and hear everything that's going on and see his wife leave to go and meet a mystery man. Now, he doesn't follow her then, does he? No, he doesn't follow her. What he does instead that, is that's he... That's odd. He does this kind of hangdog, sad Arnie walk and walks in front of a lorry but doesn't get squished just to kind of establish, oh, I'm sad, don't <laughs> I can't do it, Arnie. <laughs> My wife! Wow, wow, wee, wow! <laughs> he does that. And so little Tom Arnold's trying to comfort him. Again, bad friendship here is relaying a great story like, oh, welcome to the club, buddy. My ex-wife left me and took all the fucking ice cube trays from the freezer. What kind of awful lady, he doesn't use those words, <laughs> takes the ice cube trays. Oh, women are bad. It doesn't matter. Have fun. Everything's okay. So we're to believe that his obvious initial gut reaction, which is, everything after this point it is to fucking use spy resources to pursue his wife to the fullest extent of breaking the law and instead here it's because he's such how dare you how dare you dare to be sad after ruining your own birthday you piece of shit oh I mean, it is fucking wild that he now uses, as you mentioned, spy resources to go after his wife because, like, he's at home and he's having dinner. It's all tense, and he. Oh yeah, and I thought he was saving this for 1997's Batman and Robin, but here he proves to be just as cold, just as cold indeed, actually. Just trying to confirm that Jamie Lee Curtis is lying about what happened, and it's like, I came to see you at lunch today. Where were you? And she's like, Oh, I, a printer. And so now, you know, all the spy money all the spy time all the spy people all the spy resources focused in on see what my wife's up to and the big boss guy remember the big scary boss guy with the eye patch Charlton Heston who's he he, huh? d- he doesn't shut this down. No, no word gets to him on this. This all just goes completely unchecked and there's never any consequences for the fact that, like, they've wasted so much time and resource to, to do this. Well, like, obviously international... Uh, like, this is the issue here. International terrorism can't take a fucking moment for him to go and be with his wife and his daughter and his family for a prearranged time. And yet it can take a backseat for every fucking whim which comes his way from now until the end of the movie. Excuse me. The fact that they stopped the terrorism here in the movie and the terrorist threat of the Crimson Jihad is literally coincidental. (laughs) (laughs) And I would really think anti-terror operations would be run with a little bit more fucking expertise than that. It's literally tapping the phone, getting transcripts of these conversations. He now establishes he's meeting up with this Simon guy. And so he's nicking her bag to then get Tom Arnold to sew, like, as you mentioned, a power supply, a GPS, a microphone into the bag. Could you imagine all that uh, 90s uh, tech in a handbag sewed in? You'd fucking think so it's so heavy. Like, yeah. Why are you going bowling? <laughs> <laughs> but then. It seems like this Simon guy is an is also a spy, and so maybe he's working to get to Arnie. But no, he's actually just pretending to be a spy to seduce women. What did you think of Simon, the character who I believe could easily be played by Paul F. Tompkins in one of his many guises? But um, yeah, what, what what did you think of Simon? As far as repugnant characters <laughs> go, oh, he's 
beautiful, isn't he? He's so yeah. horrible and shit. I mean, there's a lot of shit characters in this. There's a lot of bad people. But it's funny to know their moral compass of, like, in a movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger is meant to be the goody, mm. what they consider a wrong and An to actual be. bad guy here. He's pretty much as silly as you can guess. Yes. Again, like, to tie back into video game things and inspiration, you, you, this guy wouldn't go amiss in a Grand Theft Auto type game. This sort of character, this dodgy used car salesman popping no, up to, to give you some missions. No, but he also wouldn't go amiss if he was illustrated by Quentin Blake as well. Like, he has this kind of wobbliness to him, like this ethereal strangeness. (laughs) So, yeah, he's been taking credit for some of Arnie's spy moves, and he's a used car salesman. Oh, a used car salesman? There ain't nothing worse, apparently. So Arnie, his plan now is to go and have a test drive in a fancy convertible with this guy, a Corvette, and he immediately starts like giving away, oh, I am bad and awful. He's like... Oh, yeah, he gives away the game quick. Arnie's pretty quick to give away the game as well. He goes from, like, I am an interested customer to put that pussy down now in, like, two <laughs> seconds. Like, he's pretty much, as soon as the guy starts being sleazy, Arnie, the anger's there, and he starts visualising killing him as well, yes. which uh, was very funny. We get one of those shots, so he's saying all sorts of dodgy stuff. The vet gets them wet, as in a Corvette, that ah jesus like married to some boring jerk and that's when i think arnie sort of starts to think oh i'm gonna beat you up but then it cuts back and he's like oh i'm not boring it's one thing to insult my wife but to insult how exciting i am you sir have crossed the line now i want to i want to briefly touch on a line here from Simon, oh! which is one of the worst lines. Sorry, I've yeah, it's just he life. said that five alarms went off in this room. Sorry, I have to turn them. Yeah, go on, Sam. Sorry. I think one of the worst lines I've ever heard. Easily, this is the worst line that has ever been on Swirl. But I think if Easily. we avoided it, it, you know, it would. We, we have to. So if start, we avoided it, we'd be off the road again, Sam. That's what had happened. <laughs> It'd be too much of a swerve. It's a massive pothole. So we we start off with pair of titties make you want to stand up and beg for buttermilk. Not that's not good. He's describing. Yeah, have you ever drank buttermilk? It's it's a great ingredient, but it's not. Uh, a, it's not a. You don't want to drink that. Drink that. On drink its own. that. Uh, he's no. talking about Arnie's wife, by the way. Big pair of titties that make you want to stand up and beg for buttermilk. Ass like a ten-year-old boy. Why now, is that? Wh- why? What? I like. I get he's being and also sleazy. As well, very sleazy. Very pedophilic and also factually wrong because later on we see, I, and I mean that we see, and it is borderline a honky tonk, badonka tonk. Like it is not, it is nothing near. What is he saying? Why is that? Is he, that's the that weirdest like- way to reveal your pedophile ever. <laughs> What is this? I don't understand why that's like his definition of a, a sexy bottom. I have no understanding the, I, of it. The, no, the 90s were really fucking weird. They were. I the know, 90s but like still. fucked up a whole generation of women where it's weird, even by mainstream standards, particularly weird fucking beauty standards back then. And yeah, <laughs> hey ladies, are you making sure that you have the allure of a fucking child? Because it's, it's, it's summer! <laughs> 
<laughs> it's so gross. I hate it, but it happened. And I imagine that line yeah, has sort of... I uh, need to shower now. What's the opposite of, like, iconic? Like, infamously awful line? It must be. Like, but it can't be infamous, because if something is infamous, it goes down in infamy. Mm. And I guarantee you could talk to a million people who would say, like, you know, there's a lot of people who hold this movie very dear, yeah, and yeah. it's a nice, brainless fucking movie and a sweet spot for a lot of people. This is, is comfort food and film form for many folks. But no one who's going to stand up and be a big fan of this movie is going to be like, ah, oh, the classic... <laughs> Defend that line. You know, the, the classic 10-year-old boy line. Oh, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Because the buttermilk thing is like, okay, he's a sleazy bastard. We You're don't like him. one gross line. That's... You're not allowed to be a pedophile as well now. Come on. Oh, God. So, Arnie, there's like, okay, this guy's a bastard. He's doing stuff with my wife. He's saying all sorts of weird <laughs> shit about I just, her. It's just on my notes. After the line asks, like a 10-year-old boy, he just says, Ara, now kill him. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So yeah, still more tracking of Simon and Jamie Lee Curtis going on because Simon now wants to meet Arnie's wife, Jamie Lee Curtis, under a bridge somewhere. So he's pulling agents off of big cases to follow this shit. What could have potentially the ripple effects of this? It's could got a spin-off series about the people putting out all the fires. Tasker sets here with his fucking slapdash approach to top-down law enforcement. And Simon, in his commitment to pretending to be a spy but getting away with being a used car salesman living in a trailer park, says that where he lives is a safe house. He never even thinks to use Spyman. And no one has used Spyman, as far as I know. I'm a Spyman. Spyman. Oh, they would think you're a a man who was a spy then, probably. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought you were saying. Because he's Simon. He's a Spyman. Spyman. But Spyman says, this is a safe house because my place in the city and my penthouse is too hot. I want you to come to Paris and London with me. And Jamie Lee Curtis is like, yeah, all right. I'll do it. But then, when he starts to be creepy, trying to make out with her, come on to With his busy hands. Very busy. She has to physically push him off. Look, we've had disgusting lines from this this guy, but if not for me, do it for your country. (laughs) I mean, come on. I love, then, that you have the whole fucking side of the trailer cut off. Yeah. This bit is so fucking funny. Oh, baby. Now, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger... He could have easily had husband of the year moment here where he comes in and he slams this creep and then he takes off the mask and he's like, honey, we need to talk. Also, the movie is 35 minutes long now. <laughs> but instead, he fucking kidnaps her. Yeah. Oh! oh, God. And he gets annoyed when one of the, you know, spy people has been tasked with this weird task of capturing his wife, bonks her on the head, trying to bundle her into a van. He's like, no, don't do that. I'm like, sorry, you've pulled them off like terrorist shit and other stuff to do this. They're trying to do what... I'm not defending the head bonking, but I think it's... It, well, look, I don't know. But I... <laughs> bundles his wife and Simon into a van and now they're questioning her in this kind of dank concrete room in front of a two-way mirror that looks very intimidating and horrible. And of course, because Arnold Schwarzenegger, he has to have the special voice modulation, but you can even retell it to him with that because it's like, put your boots, your clothes, and your motorcycle. You know, he's very, you know, yeah. down, no, he's very obviously him. She should have known. I think if I heard your voice distorted, I'd mm. probably recognise it. And I think similar, like, because oh, if once you audio edit, that's it. 
That's it. You know yeah. the voice. I know what certain things... Like, I know what the sound of you saying, um, looks like. I know what that looks like. So we know the shape of our voices. <laughs> and we know the shape of each other's voices. And it's very nice. That's kind of beautiful, isn't it? That's, it is, that's isn't quite it? Sweet. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think I would recognise you filtered through any kind of voice modulation thing. And I hope you would do the same. But... Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't recognise him. She's talking about how she met Simon. He kind of, you know, manipulated her, bundled a suitcase into her hands, real hustle style, to try and trick her into coming on. And and she needed some excitement. You know, she wanted to feel alive. She wanted to do something outrageous, and it felt good to be needed. This is all completely understandable, really, in so much as, like, you know... And it's a it's a great emotional speech from Jamie Lee Curtis here. It's like a really good performance of this whole thing of like explaining why she did this and just she feels bad about it. And I enjoyed the kind of weird heat what's it called heat camera that they keep cutting to in this room. There's kind of like a heat sensitive oh, camera yeah, the with all the infrared there, so yeah. they can see if she's embarrassed. Yeah. And she gets so upset about the questions she's being asked that she's smashing the two-way mirror with the stool. So Arnie's like, okay, we need to kind of wrap things up here. Let's get to the, the final question. Uh, well, one more question. Do you lo- <laughs> get to the... Do you still love your husband? I I can't do an Arnie voice through the hand, and I can't do an Arnie voice anyway. Do you still love your husband? Yes, I love him. I've always loved him, and I always will love him. And, you know, tell you what, nothing spices up a marriage quite like inflicting PTSD upon your partner. Like, she, if you have to smash a fucking... She's smashing the wall with a stool. Mm. You've gone too far, even by Hollywood standards, man. Throughout this whole plan, which in... Look, the plan shouldn't have happened, okay? The plan of tracking down the wife and seeing what she's up to should not have happened. But along the way, there have been points where he could have, like, come out of this and had a proper conversation explaining what's going on here. I know it wouldn't work because it's a movie, but, like, there were points where he could get out of this. But he's like, no, let's... Let's make this worse now. And as well, double down, please. And again, and again, and again. Every every time he's confronted with anything here, he decides to double down. That's <sighs> why she ends up now, she's going to be a fucking spy for them. Yeah. Now, there's one thing, misappropriating the resources of an intelligence agency to go after your wife. Mm. But misappropriating your wife to go into an intelligence agency? <laughs> that's free labour, and I don't like that one fucking bit. It's really fucked up to sort of threaten her with prison if she doesn't do some silly task that they want her to do. And, oh, like, they've released her back out into the wild to go home now. And Simon, he's not so lucky, because they're dangling him over the edge of a dam, saying, you're shit, mate, we hate you, what are you doing? You're not a spy, what are you doing? <laughs> I got a little dick. <laughs> I've got a small I'm pissing myself, but it's going to take long because my dick's so little. <laughs> Pretty much all of Arnold Schwarzenegger's power fantasies play out in his dreams, I think. We establish this guy as awful man, and then we have him taken down a million pegs. And, you know, I guess I'd describe it as efficient writing to be like, he's bad, and now he's humiliated and feels awful. So, uh, okay, fine. Yeah, back at home, Jamie Lee Curtis fucking visibly rattled and, like, scared and, like, <laughs> shaking. Yay! And oh, I, I kept thinking, like, how is no one fired or in trouble for any of this at any point? Like, none of this comes back to haunt anyone that this has happened. Because you get the man in the White House, that's why. <laughs> so the mission they send her on is to track down, go into a hotel and seduce a mystery man 
So she's got to like dress sexy. They're very vague at the start. They're like, go here, dress sexy. And I think one of my favorite bits in this movie, mm. and I will say Jamie Lee Curtis does something phenomenal here that I think any actor would struggle with, which yeah. is she manages to nail both being awkward and sexy kind of at the same time. Yeah. And she mixes it all up because she has to work quite hard to spin those plates. And when they say dress sexy and she shows up in this like really like puffy, awkward dress that you'd wear to fucking prom or something, that melted my heart. I laughed yeah. so fucking much. That's one of my favourite bits in the movie. The scene of her kind of dismantling that dress and taking off all the fluffy bits of it and looking ah, in the yes. mirror and this, this is the great back. 90s trope of catwomaning, where you assume that if you just tear out an outfit for long enough, it'll make a much better, sexier outfit. <laughs> That's not how fashion works, folks. You're right about the depth of the performance, because in that bit, there is the fear of, like, I'm in this horrible situation, I've got to do this. The confidence that comes from knowing you have to do this, So she's put, and also the awkwardness and the stumbling of, like, I'm still not an expert at any of this, and I it's can't... She's kind of wobbling in her heels and such, and yeah. It all, like, it's, it's a real complicated thing so she's making herself look sexy here and i mean this right okay this scene we've we've identified before on our on our <laughs> disney episode where it's like uh-oh this gave a whole generation a kink this gave a whole older generation a kink i guarantee you yes voyeurism entered the fucking mainstream for better or for worse through this scene so there's arnie in the corner of the room, badly lit, so you can't see that it's him. And he's doing a home alone, isn't he? He's got a tape recording of one of his spy mates. More fucking resources he's wasted. You know, that voiceover work, don't come cheap, mate. He's, like, playing that back to, you know, say, basically, like, take off your clothes and dance all sexy for me. Now, okay, here's the thing I, I'm trying to wrap my head around with this scene. So it is, it is a sexy scene until you start thinking about how any of this has come to be and then it emi- <laughs> like it, it is it's like it's a Schrodinger's type thing it is both sexy and deeply unsexy at the same time I can see well, how it's, it's like the spin in place because when it's about to be like oh oh it's so awkward it's not going to be sexy like where he's like dance or sorry it's like le dance and then she has <laughs> <laughs> and then she starts doing like what could best be described as the dance that Elaine does in Seinfeld, a very unsexy dance indeed. Mm. But she slowly morphs it into a sexier dance. Yeah. And then she starts like using the pole, but then she like slips. Like there's all this fuck it's it's brilliant. I love this bit. It is very fucking very funny. And I didn't think, like, when I started the movie and I got all those fucking rubbish feelings at the start, I was yeah. like, oh, it's probably going to be shit the whole way. And this was when the movie was really getting me back into it, in yeah. spite of it being the weird voyeurism scene. Yes. A couple of things I've just realised about this. One is that Arnie, who is a spy working for a spy organisation as a spy, can't now this is not a slight on arnie and i know you're having to work with what you've got here but the idea that a spy can't do other voices like can't do other accents <laughs> is really funny to me but like he has to do this tape recording gimmick it would be really uh, funny if they use the distorted voice again where put your dress on slowly and yeah no, jamie lee curtis conveying all sorts of stuff through this dance you have that some of that awkwardness and the confidence and the sex it, it all comes across 
I can see how this scene would have been, to put it politely, inspirational to some viewers at the time. I, I kept wondering, like, is a nuke going to go off like during this? Because like, that would be one thing that would really take the wind out of your sails if there's a sexy dance going on and a bloody nuke went off because you ignored the terrorists for the second act. That that would be really awkward. Well, I mean, basically that sort of does happen in a minute. But, right, I don't know... And also the tape recorder says like the wrong things a couple of times because it's pre-recorded. Great stuff. Arnie is like, now lie in bed and close your eyes. He's got a rose. He's kind of rub, rubbing it on. Well, not rubbing it on her, but like kind of moving it down her body as romantic that music is plays. fucking shit. Don't do that to anyone. No. Ooh, lovely pollen. Yeah. And great. I was trying to fucking think. Fucking don't. What was the actual ideal scenario what was the plan here where this all goes perfectly for arnie like what what did he think was gonna happen here there's literally no reply i can give where we won't descend no. into what i think is body talk it's, indeed yes i don't think there's any we're good already th- spinning a plate of our own here so <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why <laughs> what he thought this would be but she quite rightly smacks him in the head with a phone and kicks him and then realizes that it's arnie and before she's got the time to quite rightly say like what the fuck is wrong with you you awful bastard the terrorists burst in because they've Bloody obviously terrorists they've gone unchecked because the resources of spy place have been wasted on this kind of bullshit. So the terrorists have all freedom to burst in and capture both of them. They get dragged onto Juno's plane where she reveals evil plot details Mm -hmm. and also they get a pre-flight injection that knocks them out for the duration of the flight and I think I would probably be up for that. that. Yeah, I think yeah. I quite like that, you know. Soon as comes around, goes like that, you know. Maybe not in the neck. I'd somebody injection in the neck makes me think of I'm getting a like a cyber half vampire or something. Right, I don't yeah, like no, that. No, no. You know what I mean? I don't want that. Standard tranquilizer injection. Oh, good night for the flight. Thank you very much. I think it's very cute that Jamie Lee Curtis is like she's the spy, and so she doesn't she doesn't think at this point that Arnie is a spy. Oh yeah, and she's like leave the talking to me. Yeah, kid. let me. <laughs> have, which is, that's really sweet. <laughs> Look, it's great situation comedy, isn't it? Because yeah. you and I grew up on a diet of UK comedy, which is nothing if not based on the odd situation <laughs> here and there, and characterized by all sorts of misunderstandings. Yes, and I love it. There is a very like faulty towers black to all of this and I love how beautifully a Hollywood action movie slips into this kind of I feel like this movie makes you laugh while doing action and not in a way where it's like we're doing action then we have to turn and stop and pause it and be like bah, 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 comedy bit it feels like the two Just things are in. yeah very yeah. well I guess that's what you get when it's someone like Jimmy C at the helm of a big old boat that's <laughs> He loves a boat, Jimmy C. He loves a boat. He loves, he a, loves boat. a boat. Yeah, there's, there is the element of a farce to this at times, which is mm. which is always a, a lot of fun. They've been brought onto an island, and the terrorists have only got a bloody nuclear warhead, and they're asking Arnie, do you know what that is? And Arnie, doing one of his lines, oh, I know what this is. It's an espresso machine. Way. Is it a water heater? Uh, like, oh. uh, it's a snow cone maker. <laughs> okay, okay as, mate. As silly as he's been, he's not got a patch on the old Crimson Jihad. And I thought, like, Crimson, like what? Like, Red Nose Day? Because these lads are bloody comedians the way they're going on here. With their, oh, we're filming our terrorist video, <sighs> but we got low battery. Can you bloody change that battery, lughead? And then he's like, and then they fall on ball barons. Oh, so good. And then when the Crimson Jihad got to the cream pie factory, <laughs> Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, 
It was the funniest <laughs> oh. thing I'd ever seen. That little bit with the cameraman and noticing the low battery and be like, I don't want to say anything, but it was the most I've related to a terrorist in my whole life. That kind of bit where like, oh no, something's gone wrong here. Like, I haven't pressed record and this is going on. And the guy's doing a really impassioned speech about like, well, we're taking it to the, we're going to blow up some warheads and stuff. And uh, I mean, like that guy could be in something like Four Lions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Presented oh, that way. Yeah. But they're not trying to present this in a way that they're like, hey, they're idiot people too. And they may, they're trying to do it to like, like, I d- <laughs> yeah, 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 I know what you're saying. There is this unshakable sense of we've got these fun new baddies and we can do what we can make fun of them in any <laughs> way. Whatever we want. Because it, it's not guys. even a country, it's just like we don't understand because they just saw some tanks in sand and yeah. I figured this was fine now. So <laughs> Also, we get Jamie Lee Curtis being revealed to her by Arnie that, like, I am a spy and she quite rightly punches him in the fucking face because, you know, you would, wouldn't you? Good on the kisser. Yeah. And he'd been pretty much a spy the whole time they were going out, right? The whole time. Like, maybe a couple of years, I think, that, like, well, then that would have been before they were married. So I think the whole time he was a spy. And his mates are trying to track him down because Jamie Lee Curtis, I think she's got the bag with the tracker in it. They, in the background, know where they are now. And Arnie sat down with a... Oh, okay, right. I've got some more science stuff for you. Oh, science. Sat down with a creepy torturer. Oh, God, this lad. Fucking hell. He's a good creep, this guy. He's a crypt keeper creep. That's what Mm. he's got. He's got next level creepiness. He's a terrorist and a torturist as well. Is truth serum a thing? Yes. Is it really? It's sodium. I think he does say the chemical thing, but I was trying to work out, is that an actual thing that makes you tell the truthy truth? It's sodium pentothal or amethol or something like that. It actually makes you tell the truth. It lowers your inhibitions. It doesn't make you tell the truth in the way you might think it does. Or the way this movie makes you think it does. Yeah, or in the way that any movie makes you think it does. It's kind of like quicksand. It exists, but no, not like that. And yes, it's still terrifying. Yeah. Oh, I'm still scared of quicksand. Even in current day. I'll give a light pass to anybody of sand I come across, just in case. He's been injected with truth serum, and I quite like the first person truth serum cam, where he's all kind of wobbly, and he's looking at uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. They should have had in-ear headphones going, so you could really get the... You'd probably get seasick if you did that, Dot. <laughs> her, her way of testing the truth serum is, are we going to die? And Arnie saying, yep. <laughs> like without hesitation like yeah we're gonna die and so that's how they establish it's working oh they they mount their daring escape yes. which features a low-key gruesome death absolutely one of the most horrible ones and you know the one with the crowbar yeah, yeah. he stabbed him with the crowbar yeah it's Ew, loads of cool deaths here oh, I'd say cool kind of like- crushed a hole into him and then killed you had to probably wiggle it around to get to a bit that would kill him Ugh. oh jesus no thanks yeah lots of broken necks stabbings throwing there, stuff into people's eyes and, and things all, all then ah no thanks yeah they managed to get away and arnie's even like shooting a guy who's holding a gun to his wife's head it's very slick very impressive that arnie can do all of this spy stuff kevin the terrorists. Yes. They're turning on one of the warheads and then yes. putting loads of concrete on it. Yes. Is that just to make a bigger does that make the boom bigger? Is that I don't know why they're doing that. It's odd, isn't it? Because yeah. they kind of they were like, all right, we'll set the timer now, 90 minutes. Yeah. Right. 
Now put the cement on top. I'm like, that cement's not going to set in that time. I, I don't know my cement. I honestly no. don't. So there's probably some trades folk listening here going, 90 minutes, quick drying cement, easy peasy. Bish, bash, bosh. It's not quick, son, Kevin. You can't be scared <laughs> of every semi-viscous liquid for the rest of your life. Go live, Kevin. Go live. I would have thought you'd do that. So yeah, like you said, when it goes boom, it'll go yeah. first and it'll make a funny splat. And it'll cover everyone in wet concrete, and they'll be like, ah, no, I'm all, I'm solid now. I've become a statue. Now, just, <laughs> just so we know, they yeah. do succeed at detonating this device oh, yeah. on this island, which mm. they reveal is an uninhabited island on the Florida Keys. Right. So in the canon of this movie, these bumbling terrorists fucking nuke America. That's pretty impressive. Yes. That's a big win. Big they win. nuke America, but they know that no one's going to die. This is to kind of establish, hey, we've got nukes take it seriously i'd argue you don't need to do a nuke launch to prove you're serious about your nuke launch no that's kind of like the odds of you as a non-military person getting a nuke actually being able to detonate it that's like pretty fucking crazy odds if you manage to do it you shouldn't then immediately try and do it again mm, that's the, the mistake they that, make that's even worse come on now now jamie lee curtis in the, the action of arnie breaking necks running around jamie lee curtis tries to use an uzi to shoot oh, some I of the terrorists drops it and it's kind of spinning around down some stairs and she's like Whoa! which is exactly how i'd be if i was put in charge of an uzi for all of a minute i mean i i would be similar in the sense that i would recognize its applicable use as a death slinky but so I, I would do the same thing, but I'd be sitting back going, ha, 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 You know what, Kevin? I just want to take a moment to say, Death Slinky, <laughs> fabulous stuff. Bravo. I, I do really like that a lot. But she does end up managing to kill all the terrorists around with her Death Slinky. So, good stuff. Arnie's got a flamethrower. Yeah, he also jewel wheels as well. Yeah. Like you were saying with the video games turned to this, mm. it feels like a blueprint in so many ways. The way he cycles through the weapons at the point at which he gets the weapons. Yeah. Like if this was in a video game now, reviewers would complain about how derivative it is. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's how established this is in video games already. Very much so. This was the point where I was like, oh, all that stuff I said about how there wouldn't be big explosions and it wasn't going to be an action film. Dead wrong. A lot of those. And a thing that we talked about, I think, with the rock episode, Arnie diving into water to avoid a rocket Yay! launcher which explodes above him. How nice it must be to be under the water big explosion going ah oh, the warmth it's like the Lovely opposite of that bit of the start water. where he's in the cold water this is nice <laughs> hot water like a lovely bath being gently licked and caressed by the flames oh great of stuff nuclear fire ah. <laughs> the baddie lady juno has captured jamie lee curtis which i think is like the fourth time she's been captured this movie maybe the third everyone's captured back and forth all the time here but yeah now she's having a hard time with it but i did like her slapping juno in the face with the wedding ring turned around so that you got and cutting her ah oh. Good tactic. When you get married, you get a permanent buff to your attack because of that. You do, yeah. Worth thinking about. <laughs> get a big old chase here. Yep. We got jets, we got choppers, we got trucks, but we got boneheads mounting them as well. They're like, hey, let's use one of these. Whoa, we've blown ourselves up because we're idiots. Oh my God, you guys couldn't organize a piss up in a brewery. Yes, yeah, so we've got Arnie's little mates are here, terrorists are here, whirly birds, rocket launchers, things firing the wrong way. It's all, again, kind of farcical. So the goodies good guys you know relative to this movie blow a hole in a bridge 
that the terrorists in the van are kind of driving towards and they end up kind of teetering over the edge. And again, it comes back to that kind of sitcom-y thing of they're, they're teetering over the edge of this bridge, like, oh, God, uh, and then it kind of settles and they're like, oh, we're okay. And then like a big gull or a pelican or something lands on the front of the van, like, oh, no, and, they tip, and it immediately explodes. Oh, God. Oh, hey, I'll tell stuff. you what. Yeah. That big ocean highway, and I'm mm. like pretty much scared of driving, but I, I that looks nice to drive on though. Love to drive on that. Let yes. me tell you, yes, 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 looks yes, like yes, something yes. out of Pokemon. I like that shit. Yeah, it does. Have no trainers for miles. Oh, yes, oh, please. Beautiful stuff. And Jamie and Juno are having a fight in the back of a limo on this very same piece of road with the hole in it. Oh, she brains her with a champagne bottle, and that's a good. You know, if you're, if you're going to hit someone with a bottle, Champagne Ugh. Bottom's got that fat bottom on it as well. It's got that thick... It's got a fat, that thick, thick bottom. That it's got that bottom. thick, chunky bottom. You can fucking kill someone with that. Yeah, so the, the driver of this limo has been shot, so it's now bumping around the edges like a bowling ball on one of those bowling lanes where they put the sides up. That's what this uh, little <laughs> highway becomes. The kid's birthday bowling thing. It's got to bounce it around from side to side. I've written in my notes here, Jamie Lee Curtis is fucking great because, like, she's able to do all this different like so much different stuff here the action sequence the fight between them is great the emotional stuff before was great I just wrote Jamie Curtis is great she's the thing that elevates this beyond mm. your usual like it's a dumb Arnie movie yeah. and that is a fucking headline here for sure dumb Arnie and there's a lot of fucking stuff that is aged poorly and is detracting from it but if there is one thing that is holding it all together in terms of it aged well and it's still fo- I think Jamie Lee Curtis is the standout performer in this not Arnold Schwarzenegger yes. and I say that as an Arnie man through and through and Arnie's, Arnie's doing great Arnie don't get me wrong don't get but, us wrong yeah, yeah but it's very rare that anyone else is allowed to shine in a movie with him and here he is she's shining bright in this one in spite of all the fucking trappings of a character like this in a 90s movie yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Arnie's now dangling from a helicopter trying to reach to his wife who's reaching up out of a sunroof of an out of control limo heading towards a hole in a bridge I mean we're in an action movie baby this was my favourite noise of the movie when she grabs him finally and goes great stuff Juno quite unceremoniously kind of just goes down in the limo it's like oh shit Arnie was such a dick when he's trying to save his wife he's always like come on try at least Weeman, oh, come on. <laughs> She's like, I don't, you're literally in a helicopter and I'm speeding to my death. Again, like, in, in another action movie with different characters and different actors, you would have that scene where he pulls her out of the thing and she'd be like, you know, quite calm about it. But she's quite rightly shit scared of them. Ah, fucking hell, Jesus. Which Don't is great. you let go. Yeah, she's real fucking exactly how I'd be acting in such a situation. And that point felt like a nice ending point to the movie. And I was like, oh, wait, the main terrorist baddie is still alive and I, going I was, around. I was, you know, sitting up just ah. to myself. Oh, like, right, there we are now. Credits. Look, we're going over towards the sunset for fuck's sake yeah. on an ocean. Yeah. How's that not the credits? Back on, I guess, dry land, as it were. They sort of share a tender moment where he's putting her ring back on the right finger and they kiss just as a nuclear warhead goes off in the background. How sweet. Can't imagine many people can say they've kissed while the warhead's going off in the background. 
So no, no. Uh, I wouldn't say it's on a bucket list. I wouldn't want to do that no, necessarily. But if it did happen. Story to tell. You know, they are now all like on good terms and everything. But I would, yeah. I would still be a bit pissed off at Arnie and like, hold on a minute. Oh yeah, there's stuff that's meant to happen that we miss out on here. Yeah, and what's happened here now is they've been on a lovely date. This movie's taking you on a lovely date, and yeah. you decided you're going to go to the all-you-can-eat buffet, and you've had, admittedly, a slightly outrageous time, but you have still, in spite of that meal, managed to reach a natural conclusion point, and your partner in this date is offered to go out with you for a thoughtful walk to decompress and maybe digest some of that food, maybe have a green tea or something to help with the gas, mm-hmm. and instead, Arnie's taking you by the hand and said, we're going up to the buffet again! We will do the ice cream and then the starters and you've got prawn toast and fucking hundreds and thousands on there and it's all mixed up they all look that you don't know what's going on and yes it is something to talk about yes it is memorable but this probably shouldn't have happened this bit <laughs> no this was bad for us is what i'm saying yes you're gonna get Indulgent. an upset tummy later <laughs> As exciting as it is at the time. So the terrorists have got Arnie's daughter in a skyscraper now. We get kind of like a tacked on extra ending here. DLC mission over here where Arnie has lost a daughter but gained a Harrier jet. Fucking GT Arnie over here flying in every vehicle that is available to him in this movie. Love it. I think this last bit, as good as it is, and it is good, was a little bit tough going because I was like, I've kind of had the journey of the movie already. Yeah. And I've now I've got... I've had my emotional points spent, I felt, this point and i hadn't the cool down i was in the middle of it already but we have arnie in a fighter jet going to save the day he just nicked that because he's all right using resources from anyone now it's fine and why do you spend all the movie like developing the relationship obviously and you know developing the character with jamie lee curtis and all that and then like not have her involved in this bit (laughs) yeah like the kid at the end i'm like great like i recognize her from fucking jay and silent bob strike back but all right and she's a kid here yeah like there's no development like at the start there's this kind of like oh she's stealing maybe you need to get in touch with your daughter more and if there were scenes of that they didn't keep him in the movie i suppose then this movie would be like three and a half hours long (laughs) if we actually tried to establish all of these characters but i yeah i I know what you're saying i was just shocked for a movie which had me agonizing with my conscience at the start where i'm like i don't care about this fucking kid man (laughs) at the end you know (laughs) i don't care about the nuclear bomb i don't so the terrorists, they've requested a news crew, but the cameraman is Arnie's little hacker mate, so that's good. Then and then Arnie shows up, and I've got a good description for what happens here. Arnie does a big, massive kill of loads of baddies. Yes. Well, look, we all, what we get here is the, the terrorist goes, we're going to kill two million people, and Arnie and Arnie's associated and mates... Like, I'm going to kill two million of ye right now. <laughs> Uh, yeah. It's a numbers game. And there's someone looking through binoculars just as Arnie pops up in a fighter jet shooting at them. Arnie in a torn shirt in a fighter jet is so fucking ridiculous and funny. It's beautiful. Dana? 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 The daughter is on a crane. She's ended up on a crane with a key for the thing and the terrorist is trying to get it. So they're both climbing on a crane to add some jeopardy to this as if we needed some more. (laughs) So Arnie 
swoops underneath the crane that she's dangling off to try and get her to jump down onto it. But then he's knocked the gun off the terrorist, which hooks onto the plane. We've now got a terrorist and a daughter and Arnie all kind of in various positions on this plane, crawling all over it. Like, I, I want to know at this point, were you, like, burnt out on the action? Because you were saying it was kind of attacked on or whatever here. Like, were you, Ed, this is meant to be nail-biting, edge-of-your-seat stuff. Were you there at that moment? When watching it. <laughs> Maybe not as much as I would have been had this come a bit earlier or had there not yeah. been quite as much stuff, but I was still into it. And I w- actually, for 1994, I was impressed by the effects here. Because there is <laughs> yes. some, at least, green screeny stuff going on. And it, it looks pretty convincing. The worst effect in this whole movie is mm. when you can clearly see the man riding the horse and not Arnie when they do a face-on <laughs> oh, yeah, shot at all points. <laughs> It's like, there are no men who look like Arnold Schwarzenegger who ride horses. They The horses will refuse the carriage of the man. But the effects here in this sequence, pretty damn good, I'd have to say. Oh, yeah. Really. I yeah. mean, as ridiculous as it looks mm. to have them all scrambling around on a fighter jet. And I remember Live Free to Die Hard or whatever the fucking shit. One of those Die ones. Hard 4.0, one of those ones. There's a bit on a jet and it's all fucking CG looking and it's really rubbish and stupid. And this for 94, like we review stuff on Cinema Swill from mm. 10 years after the fact that has not aged remotely as well. No. So there's a lot to be said again for, we've not said in this movie, but we tend to say in, you know, when there's 90s action movies, the physical effects there's yeah. a lot to be said for them yeah yeah but whatever's going on here effects wise it's pretty good it's pretty convincing for this absolutely absurd scene yeah the scene the best way to describe it is like if you ever watch like amateur wrestling there's people grappling and rolling around but they're doing that to a harrier jet that's kind of what this is like, like spinning around shooting the half main position it's so silly there's a bit where we cut to a guy in the skyscraper like a cleaner yes. listening on headphones like, do, 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 not aware of what's going on outside that's on my bucket list I don't want a line in a thing I want to be doing uh, ignoring something or, yeah, or, yeah. or sweeping or listening to music I want that scene. to be that guy in something would be amazing wouldn't it absolutely get a terrorist landing willy first on the tail of a plane that's fun my knob and bollocks oh uh, my dick is so small it hurt (laughs) it's so fucking silly you didn't need to do a dick shot on the main baddie at the end you didn't need (laughs) and then he kind of he gets knocked off the plane the baddie but hooks onto one of the missiles which it like so in the cartoon version of this he'd be hooked onto the missile by his underpants and it would give him a big old wedgie and then or he'd be holding onto it like a koala going And then, do you want to do the the line, the Arnie line here? (laughs) Of course. You're fired. (laughs) The guy (laughs) on the missile shot into a helicopter full of his mates. Big boom. The day is saved. It doesn't matter where that helicopter lands. It doesn't it matter had... about the debris going on here. It doesn't matter. It's all good. I love good. when you hear as well, like on the news, they're like, the group which earlier today detonated a nuclear device in the Florida Keys is now threatening to, like, like it's just kind of no big deal or whatever. I got very big vibes of something very specific here. It was mm. like after 9-11 when South Park did their episode and it's just them like shitting on Osama bin Laden and just being as puerile and yeah. silly as possible. I ever watched that and think, thinking like, well, I guess it's a catharsis of point, you know, whatever, man, you know, it's like, whatever, you, you need to get you through that. But it had such strong vibes like that here where they're like, yes, do it, do it, do it. And it just, it felt so strange. Yes. It really did. Yeah. And th- this guy was kind of, 
he was an easy villain to whip together and it just you can't help but look at it, at it. Like, there's a reason I think True Lies isn't part of the modern consciousness or media diet there's a reason why it's such a great action movie but net, like, mm. it ain't anywhere to be found in the UK if you want to watch it online or buy it online unless you want to go to the DVD shop mm. which is where we had to go that's where we had to go yeah so it does kind of feel like the villain is probably the main thing that makes this politically incorrect for modern consumption I guess yeah I mean as we've established there is some other stuff as well but oh, yeah. yeah it's iffy now and it probably was a bit iffy in its time I think there was some controversy around it even at the time but I did have a lot of fun there hey so one year later we're back Arnie and Jamie are now working together as agents together in that swanky do what's the secret mission here exactly uh doesn't matter go find the waiter with the little dick go find yeah. the little dick waiter Simon he's and there like, hey little dick and she's there pointing a gun at him like oh no she's got lipstick it's, it's not actually actual lipstick gun. and then he pisses himself again he reliably pisses himself runs away great stuff and they tango the night away we've got Tom Arnold being like guys come on the real mission it doesn't matter what that is as we've learned terrorism can wait i would have imagined if we're living in america where nuclear devices went off in the florida keys that the protocol would be a lot stricter yeah. a lot stricter yeah the naivety of 1994 and some of this would have caught up to them that he wasted all those spy resources but but not so they tango the night away tom on was like oh i hate being the one in the van you guys can be in the van next time end of movie off we go do you think they were setting up a sequel there because it for me it felt like yeah they were pitching well, it up there a bit you'd love to see those two working together wouldn't you in an actual mm-hmm. full movie's worth of missions but never happened there has been chat of them rebooting it i know like before the pandemic there was chat saying that james cameron wanted a reboot of some okay. sort i know there was rumors of like a tv thing or something like that but mm. i don't think there's anything much to it do you think it could work the formula in a in a modern setting or whatever you know like this concept again you'd hope it would address some of the the dodgy bits oh no when i say them doing it now i'm assuming there would be like a they'd either flip the roles yeah. or they just try and make it less obviously fucking like let's kidnap my wife and traumatize her <laughs> yeah that type of a thing look i have no idea how well that would go <laughs> go today I because I think like, there's a movie that I remember when it came out in the cinema and I was really snooty about it because I'd seen this and it was mm. Mr. and Mrs. Smith and I remember it didn't get slated but it got kind of a whatever man reaction when it came yeah. out and loads of people like it's on Netflix and all that jazz now and loads of people I always see on Twitter are like you know what I fucking love that movie it's a real great romp and it's just fun to see like the, the husband and wife spy team etc etc mm. I just feel that there's a market for something like this because I think the core the core of it that little gem in there of mm. the husband and wife spy but not a spy and that core mix up of person who's tricked into thinking they're a spy thinking they're a spy not realizing the person who's actually a spy is, is actually a spy that's the gem in there i think there's gold there still yeah again i would have really liked to have seen a sequel with these two now going on to live their spy lives i think that would have been great but not yet happening you couldn't do a sequel i don't think that would necessarily work probably not now no (laughs) but hey so i really enjoyed that a lot it's definitely a movie that the talking through of it Mm. is not probably representative of your 
straight feelings when you're watching. I, I At least that wasn't for me because I feel going through and being like, hey, yeah, that was weird to mention about a 10-year-old boy's ass. Yes. And then when you actually have to chat about it with a person, you kind of, that's not the experience I had when I heard that line in the movie. It was no. uh, more of a, we move on because there's explosions. <laughs> yes. So I want to make sure that our chat about it hasn't deflated your opinion on your initial gut reaction. No, because I'm remembering how I felt at the end of this and I felt like, hey, that was fun. And I had fun, and it was fun. Look, there's heaps of shit wrong with it, and dodgy stuff, but as Arnie action, silly Arnie stuff, it's real good. Jamie Lee Curtis is great. I think we should do a swirl with her in it at some point, because Absolutely. we've not done Halloween, have we? No. Oh, no. Hey. So, a lot of great stuff in this, a lot of cool stuff to take away. In terms of music and direction and stuff, it's all, nothing that was like remarkable, but it's all really well put together. I'd put my hand up and say I adored the music in this. It has mm. that perfect 90s kind of, a little bit of that remnants of the plinky plonk of the 80s yeah. in there, and, and it kind of feels a little bit like SNES music a lot of the time, which is what I almost exclusively listen to in my day-to-day life, so I'm always here for that type of a music it's a in a movie. between the proper plinky 80s and the kind of modern scores that we get now. The one thing I would maybe add ask for mm. if i was to change the music is that when there's some of those big explosions i would have liked the you know that exact uh guitar well yeah yeah i the do the 90s one i think that would have worked here yeah i can't get away from the fact that when watching this and it's a long movie it breezed by and i had fun and the, the only thing that that ending sequence did feel like as you said dlc but <laughs> i had a lot of fun i really enjoyed it i was never bored i <laughs> Would you watch it again? Yeah. Like, would would it be in the kind of rotation? Because I know we said before things like, you know, Con Air springs to mind as one where you're like, oh, that you could put that on again. Yeah. Like, it's a good blast. You'd put this on. Absolutely. All day long, you'd put this on. Not Well, not all day long. But yeah, this fits into that rotation of films, I think. Absolutely. I would imagine it's one of those ones where I'd feel like I'd want to watch it again in after seeing it. You know, I hadn't seen it for so many years. Mm-hmm. It was one of those ones where I was kind of like, shocked i hadn't seen it more seeing as it's such a classic arnie movie and it has yeah. been in my arnie dvd collection i just hadn't watched it as much as some of the other ones and i'm not entirely sure like, i don't think it's because i was turned off or anything like that but i do think it speaks to the fact that when people go arnie that it's true not one lies of the first just, ones is it it's one of the most arnie movies possible because mm. it's got all of the little charmy bits that you see in other movies like kindergarten cop or jingle all the way or whatever but you do get all of the action of like a commando which is the most over like this has got over the top action yeah way more so than like a terminator or a predator or whatever it is it's straight up ridiculous the amount of action in this movie yeah and look very simply if i turn my brain off and don't really think about this much i had a fucking great time and i really enjoyed it so <laughs> you know it's one of those ones well then if you've had a great time you'd want to watch it again you had good things to say about the movie in spite of its warts and everything mm. what is your star wipe rating for true lies i've got to acknowledge the warts but i've got to acknowledge how i felt watching this film and i had a blast four star wipes you heard it here first Oh, thanks for listening to another episode of Cinema Swirl. This episode was produced by Kevin, edited by me, Sam, and I also did the music. If you want to support the show, then patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl is the way to go. If you want to follow us on the socials, we're at cinema swirl on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash cinema swirl on Facebook, which is where our votes for episodes take place. 
If you've got questions, queries, comments or anything else for the mailbag, then send it on over to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Please do keep recommending the show to your friends if you think they'll like it, or even if you don't think they'll like it, just recommend it anyway. Oh, and if there are any bits in recent episodes that you think would make particularly nice video clips, you know, the kind of thing we've had on our socials recently, then send us a tweet and let us know. All right, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye.